Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Jujiteros Coast to Coast, the podcast that's about everything Jujiteros encounter on the daily, from training to everyday life and everything in between. My name is Frank Garcia, currently a purple belt under Victor Cervantes at Rivalry Jiu-Jitsu in Fresno, California, and today I'm joined by my good homie, Alfonso. How you doing today, man? Doing excellent, man. Thank you for having me on again. Uh, and to those of you who don't know me, my name is Alfonso Cumplido. I'm currently training at Technique Fitness MMA, um, you know, just here from Coachella. Uh, shout out to everybody out there. Thanks for having me on. Hey, heck yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, man. So glad to have you on, and I cannot wait to start talking and stir up these old memories that we're going to be talking about right now. So uh, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be starting a new segment, and we're calling it The Knockout Artist. And uh, the reason we're calling it the knockout artist is not because we know how to knock people out and we know our way around the ring. It's because if we were fighters, that's probably what would be happening to us. We would probably be getting knocked the fuck out all the damn time. Why? Because we really don't know shit about fighting. But we're going to talk about it and we're going to give our take. And that's that. And so on today's episode of Jujiteros Coast to Coast, we're going to be talking about our current MMA scoring system that has been creating a mountain of what it feels like bad decisions. And fans all over the world, including myself, and I don't know if that's including you as well, Alfonso, uh, we're just really? sick. We're sick and tired of it, man. And so uh, what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be sharing our takes on what we think we could do to correct this problem. And we're also going to be sharing uh, what uh, the GOAT, John, Big John McCarthy, one of the greatest MMA referees of all time, mentioned on his, podca- on his podcast about what he believes could fix the, uh, the, resolu- what could fix the problem. You know? And uh, we're also going to be talking about our five worst MMA decisions of all time, Talk, bring up old memories, talk about bad decisions, what, do you, what we think could have happened if we would have applied these new rules to that maybe. Right, right. And, uh, and that's basically about it. And uh, I really didn't want to bring this up, man. I hate to bring this up, but uh, we were supposed to be joined by our, an- another good friend of ours, Eddie. And right. uh, unfortunately, Eddie and his family's dealing with the loss, uh, the loss of their first dog, you know, Frida, had been around since, I want to say since I started teaching, dude, like back in 05, 04. Yeah, forever, man. She was... Such a wonderful dog, so nice, so gentle, a uh, great, great family dog. Uh, I can't imagine the loss they're feeling right now. You know, it's like a family member, you know? Right. Yeah, man, it's 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 got to be sad. I mean, it's just it's one of those things that you like, you know, dogs just love unconditionally. They don't know anything but, you know, and it's just kind of one of those things where they're always happy to see you. And I just, you know, I've never really had a pet like that, but I can imagine that. If that was your buddy, your long-term buddy, man, they're, they're there for a long time, and all of a sudden they're not there. You know, it's just like losing a best friend. Yeah, man. Dogs are just – they're so loyal no matter what, yeah. you know. On your worst day, they're always there, you know. Right, and right. Frida wasn't my dog, but I had a lot of bad days, and I would go over, and she would – she just knew. And she would right. comfort you, dude. She was just like – it was like a dog that's a mom. It was so weird, wow. but that that was her soul. That was her spirit, you know? Just right, right. cannot say enough great things about that, about her, man. I love her. I love her so much. Yeah, I'm going to miss her. And so we're going to be talking about MMA, but our hearts are with Eddie and his family. Right. Uh, Frida, we love you. Miss you. Rest in paradise, my love. Paradise. Cheers. And, uh, salut, Frida. Salut. We'll see you soon. Take care. Yeah. All right, man. Let's go ahead and start this show. Let's do it. In uh, combat sports, whenever a previous fighter or a fighter passes away, uh, one way they honor that person is they do a 10-bell salute. So I wanted to do a 10-bell salute for Frida because she brought a lot of love, a lot of happiness to this world, and I was so glad to be able to be a part of it. So uh, salute, Frida. We love you. We miss you. And... uh, Like I said before, rest in paradise, girl. You will be missed.
All right, everybody. Welcome to the very first segment of The Knockout Artist with your host, Frank, and co-host, Alfonso. Uh, What do you want to say? (laughs) Ah, nice. The first soundbite of the season. Sweet. All right, man. We got a list of things that we're going to be talking about here. We're going to be talking about the scoring system that we're currently uh, using. Well, not really us, but what the MMA world is currently using. Talk about our worst five, our top five worst decisions in MMA history. And then what do we think could fix this this resolution? You know, what could what could fix the problem? So what do you want? What do you want to go with first, man? Uh, Let's just start talking about the tempo and scoring system, you know, um, like like a lot of a lot of people out there like i knew it existed um but you know there was there's a lot to it and you know i in research for this for this podcast you know i have to go and look at what it is how it's scored so let's start there so that way we can give everybody kind of a point of view of what it is and why it's so important all right go perfect cool so the 10 point scoring system it it the way it generally works, as far as I've been understanding it, is uh, every round is, is worth 10 points, right? The winner of the round is worth 10, and generally the loser of the round gets nine points for the most part. And if it's a really bad round for one of the fighters, exceptionally bad round, then that round gets uh, that that fighter will get an eight instead of a nine. However, most rounds don't get scored as an eight; they always like a 10-9 for the most part. And that's all, another. Uh, issue that that um, that arises from that is some of the judges, especially during the then the first or second round, don't really like giving eight point rounds early on um, because it it might feel like if they score a fighter eight points on the first round, for example, then that fighter is kind of doomed already because they're already two points behind. So that's an issue I want to talk about get get back to later. But in essence, that's a ten point scoring system. It's ten. For the winner, nine or less for the loser of each round. Okay, okay. Any, all right. Anything else you want to add to that? No, man, that's pretty much kind of what I – I mean, I don't really – I've never really read the rules. I mean, I just know that for every round, you got there's got to be a winner. Or, right. or necess- there doesn't necessarily need to be a winner. There can be a tie also. You know, it can be yeah. a, a 10-10 right. or a 9-9. But for the most part, someone's going to win, win a round and someone's going to lose a round. Right. What, determ- what determines whether someone wins a round or loses a round? Dude, that fucking seems like it's up in the air. Like you can have one judge, you know, scoring it one way in their mind and then another – the judge right next – well, I mean they're not sitting next to each other. But the next judge scores it completely different because they're – they thought something different or they know something different. There's right. no defined rules for them to follow. You know, I, I mean, well, well, the thing is in their defense, that, right. Well, the thing is that like there, there are there are things that um, that they're supposed to be looking at, though. Right. Like, for example, like like strikes, striking, effective striking, um, effective submissions, effective control. Right. Like uh, clinch work, all that stuff. Like they're supposed to be looking at that and, and, and scoring the fight on those merits, right? Like, so effective striking and effective submission game should be like at the top of that scoring. Like that's where most of your points are going to come from. Right. And after that, you got like, um, aggression and then ring control, right. Would be another, another criteria for that. So it's like, you have these criteria that you're looking at as you're scoring the fight. The, the problem is that, um, with the, with some of the judges, they prefer certain things over others. Like, for example, if you have a judge who, who's been used to, like, boxing for a long time, right, and they come into MMA, of course they're going to see striking at, like, they're going to give award more points to striking than they will to, like, wrestling or, or submission attempts, like ground game stuff, grappling, because they know that game more, right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm with I'm following you 100%. This yeah. is exactly what I was gonna say, and and vice versa. You right, know, right. you can have right. someone who's a judge who was a former college wrestler or a former jiu-jitsu world champion, and they're like, and someone hits, you know, like for, if if I was judging and I saw someone, and someone 
you know, fighting, and maybe they end up in a freaking, I don't know, name a crazy submission that you that you know is super a gogo plata, you know, or uh, uh, I was gonna uh, say a headlock. Is that is that hard submission? It's it's, it's like a hard a, submission to is that hard to defend? Finish. No, it's like the easiest <laughs> thing to get out of, dude. So like, if you get stuck in a like, that's why you never see it, you know. Didn't the didn't the didn't box but, get submitted via headlock? I don't think so. Don't somebody know. else, Chris Lytle get got submitted by, or I think he submitted somebody. Oh yeah, Chris Lytle, I want to say submitted Tiki Goshen by like schoolyard headlock. Right. Scarf, you know, back in the day, early two thousands, I want to say. No, but, but you're um, right, man. Like, but, in, but yeah, if you see someone hit something, nothing. yeah, yeah, if you see someone hit, see hit something that's super difficult, you know, I see someone almost get someone in a twister. I'm like, dude, that was super hard to get someone into, you know. I'm gonna right. give him the round. I'm gonna give him ten nine. You know, maybe he didn't finish it, but he almost did, and I know that it took him a lot of effort to get to that point. And so I'm gonna give him the round, whereas the other guy, maybe he doesn't know anything about grappling, so he's not gonna. He's like, what was that? He was just holding him. Right, right. But and then and that's the issue too. You know, what I'm saying you have to be really well rounded as a judge, right? Because, I mean, to be honest, like I I, I don't watch too many um, grappling competitions. I know I know you do, Frank. Um, so when I'm when I'm watching grappling competitions, like. I can definitely appreciate what they're doing because I've trained somewhat and I know how difficult some of those positions can be, but I, I probably don't see all the nuance that you do. Right. So for sure, when, for sure. When somebody gets out, when somebody gets out of, um, um, you know, being dominant, like if somebody else, you know, like for example, if I'm, if I'm in a dominant position and you, you try to get out of it, you know what I'm saying? Like there's some positions that are incredibly difficult to get out of. So you might appreciate that a lot more. Because you know what's happening, right? You know the ins and outs. True, true. So you would hope that the the people that are judging these fights, right, would would know that would have a background in in all of the aspects of MMA, you know? Yeah. But but they don't. They're most of them are boxing judges, you know, and it's not their fault. They're just, hey, do you, you want to judge this fight? Okay. And of course, of course, they're gonna say, yeah, you know, free. I mean, it's money. Right. So what do you what do you think would be a solution there, man? Because like, how how difficult would it be to get like somebody who is like, like? Well, I mean, you know what? What's one thing that could instantly fix this like that? And it has nothing to do with the judges. And it's it it's if the fight gets finished, then there, there is no judge. We don't gotta worry about the judge, you know. And that's not to say that that fighters are not trying to finish fights. Cause they are, you know, like you well, know, them just, yeah. Well, I mean, but at the same time, there is so much at stake. There's not just the fight at stake. There's not. Oh, it's I not agree. just losing a fight. It, it's, it's losing a, a page. It's losing a paycheck. It's right. It's it's losing sponsors. It's okay. Well, you, now you were the co-main event or the main event of the pay-per-view. Now maybe you're at the bottom of the pay-per-view, or maybe you're in the prelims now. You know that. That counts for something. So these fighters, they don't, and I, they, I don't blame them because I would do the same thing. You know, they're all they're doing is trying to win, or actually they're not trying to win. They're trying not to lose. Yeah. You know, which right. is kind of like I feel what we saw in the Kamar Usman fight, where he was just not trying to lose. He's super dominant. You know, he totally dominated him. You know, but he wasn't taking any risks either. But he wasn't taking any risks. You know, he he was right. playing it safe. Right. He came yeah. up with an excellent game plan. Followed up to it. That was it. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah. He didn't yeah. take he didn't take any risks in that fight. You know, like he yeah, because that fight could have easily gone a completely different way. Yeah, totally, Ooh. totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, all yeah. right, cool. So we familiarize ourselves with the with the with the ten point system. Um. You want to start talking about some of these fights that we were we've been watching recently and like some of the well, stuff that we're just like uh, how, how do they that way? Let's talk about what uh, Big John McCarthy said on his podcast. Right. So uh, Big John McCarthy's got a podcast with uh, X MMA or X UFC X Strike Force fighter Josh Thompson, Josh the Punk Thompson. Yeah. Uh, and their podcast is called The Way In. I want to say. Um. 
And so on his pod, on their podcast, Big John McCarthy mentioned, because um, I don't know if you know this, but Big John McCarthy is one of the one of the founders of the the, the yeah. rule system as it is right now. Yeah, so if yeah. anybody knows this rule system and how it's supposed to be interpreted, it's him. And he knows it's not it's not perfect. And so one thing or something that he mentioned on his podcast was, um, what if we created categories for every round and we gave 10 points for each of those categories? For example, let's have a category on striking. You can everybody know. OK, if you know that you have to award someone points for striking. OK, now you're going to be a pay attention to only striking, because even if you're a grappler, you know what striking is and you can see it. And can can you say that person outstruck that person? Probably, you know, you might be able to get it. You might be able to get it the majority of the time. Okay, so now there's 10 points for striking. How about grappling? Can you tell who was more aggressive or who was better at grappling every round, just like you did with striking? For sure, you can do that. If there's someone sweeping somebody, you know, even if they're getting taken down, once they're on the ground, what are they doing with that? Are they just holding them? Are they trying to advance their position? Are they working on a submission? Are they slowly trying to break that person's posture down? You know, are they constantly working sweeps? Is the person struggling to get out? I mean, because if you're sometimes, I mean, this this podcast is Jujitetos coast to coast, and right. you know it. There are times when you're grappling with somebody, and if they're better than you, dude, it feels like you're like you're drowning in a pool. Like it feels yeah, you no. have, feels like you have, fucking dog. This guy just farted under the desk. Nice, <laughs> love him, love you, dude. But pooted yeah. down. All right. Anyways, um, but yeah, dude, it's it's suffocating. So, but going back to, can you? Wait, you're talking you, about the fart, or are you talking about? <laughs> you talking oh, yeah. about fighting? No, the the fart is suffocating. Definitely <laughs> suffocating. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, if you're if you're fighting somebody good, yeah, man, it, it totally feels like you're just like getting just pulled into the deep end like, of the pool. Yeah, right? it feels like yeah, yeah, totally. It sucks. But Even again, your breath is just like almost impossible. It's awful. It's awful. But again, can you just can you give somebody? Can you say who won the grappling portion of the round? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What else? What else is there? Okay. Uh, how about cage control or aggression? Can you tell who was running away or who was stalking the other person? Who was being more aggressive? Who controlled the center of the cage? You who know was- what? I, I don't. I, this this is this is an issue for me because I don't know, man. I, I sometimes enjoy counterfighters. You know what I'm saying? Like counterpunchers. For sure. So, and well, well, let's take it even further. Let's just say who was the aggressor. You know, because just because you're coming in, I mean, hey, look at when Ronda Rousey fought Holly Holm. Who was the aggressor? Rousey was the aggressor, but who was doing the most damage? She didn't do nothing with all that pressure. No, no. You know, so so maybe we can change it into who was, you know, who did the most damage. Yeah. And that's one. And that's that's the thing, too, because I've been watching, like you said, I've been watching John McCarthy. Um, I didn't I didn't check out that podcast that you mentioned, but I was looking at stuff he, he said in interviews and stuff. Um, and there, I, I, I came up on this interview that he did, like, I think it was like 12 years ago. And he was talking about how the new unified rules of the UFC, like when he was trying to get there was a lot of stuff that he wanted to add in there. But of course, like the commission didn't want it. Right. Right. So one of the things that he, he was forced to take out is damage. Um, because he said that, you know, at that time they were getting a lot of heat because, you know, I, you know, people call the sport human cockfighting and all kinds of shit, you know, this yeah, is when they were trying to go legit. Yeah. And he goes, and how, how do you put that on a scorecard? Like you're really going to publish damage a, a, as one of the criteria when we're trying to get, get this legitimate. So they haven't done that, but I think that's legit. Because it is one of those things, right? Because even in submission, you got damage. If somebody puts you in an, in an arm bar, even if you escape, your arm is fucked up, man. Like, oh, it hurts. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if in the first round you get caught in an arm bar, now your arm is compromised. Yeah, maybe you got out, but that arm's not the same. So yeah. now you, you can't do the same thing with that arm that you did before. And maybe now in the next round, 
on the same arm, you get caught in a Kimura. Yeah. Dude, yeah. now it's How even more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now it's even more damage. More and nothing. then you still got to fight more rounds. Good luck, buddy. Good luck. Well, remember, uh, who who was John Jones fighting that one where he got – where he he almost got armbarred? And it oh, looked was, like he might have torn his freaking – his ligaments or some shit. That was TRT Belfort. Damn, yeah. See, and he almost, dude, and you and you see and you saw the rest of that fight. He wasn't using that arm as well as much. Oh uh, yeah, it got hyperextended for sure, man. He, yeah. he tough. He's a tough son of a bitch, man. He made yeah, he man. fought through that. Um, but you know what? Um, another thing that was mentioned, and I don't know who mentioned this or where I heard this, but what if the judges didn't score every round? What if they only scored it at the end? Oh, that's interesting. You know. What if they're like, all right, at the end of the fight, like, all right, now it's all done, you know, because they can get caught up with what's going on in every round instead of thinking overall what happened, you know, because just like you said, a, a judge doesn't want to give a round, a 10-8 round to somebody because that's going to put that other fighter behind the cards and they may never be able to catch up, you know. But right. so what if they didn't, they took that out and now at the end, all right, now it's just who do you think won? Because that's how they did it in Pride. Yeah. They didn't judge the fight till the very end, you know? And then um, another thing, and I'm not sure who mentioned this as well. What if they – I mean, who was it? I want to say this. I think this was Max Holloway. Max Holloway was like, hey, in the NBA, I'm watching, and or if you're playing, you look up at the score, and you're like, oh, we're down by 10 points. We got to play harder. And they play harder, and they – you know, it changes yeah. the outcome of the game. When have you watched an NBA game where they're like, who's winning? I don't know. We'll find out at the end. Nobody. Like, you got to. Because that has an effect on the outcome of the game. So you're talking about open you know? scoring. So what if ever, at the end of every round, they know, oh, now, oh, dude, you lost that round. They say you lost that round. You got to put dude. it on him. You know what okay. I mean? I would, but yeah. at, the, at the same time, that could blow up. Because now, all right, you won the first round. You won the second round. You won the third round. You won the fourth round. All right, what are you going to do in the fifth round? You're just going to coast. Yeah, lay in front. Yeah, that's it. You know, you can just yeah. run. And even if you give it – you lose 10-8, you still win the fight. Yeah. You know, so it could totally backfire on us. And, and yeah, it can. Here's the thing. And I actually heard uh, – there was another interview that I watched with uh, John McCarthy as well. He talked about that same thing with the open scoring. Um be, what, what he was saying is, well, you know, because uh, he brought up that argument, right? Well – yeah, if you got a dude that's winning, you know, four out of four rounds already, the fifth round is going to be boring as shit, you know, because he's just going to, like, just not going to want to engage. Like, why uh, right. risk anything? Uh, and then the other guy, I forget who he was talking to, but he said, he goes, well, that can be easy to fix, right? Because you can just, like, do yellow cards, red cards, right, for inactivity. And he goes, yeah, that would fix that problem, right? You know, um, and I don't know if we you should explain yellow well, card. Yeah, definitely explain what a yellow card is and where does a yellow card system come from? You know, because I don't know where it comes from, but I know it's widely used in Pride, and I and yeah. I honestly like that system a lot. So what what is it? So what's the yellow card? What how so, can how does someone get a yellow card and what does that result in? My my understanding from the yellow card is happens when a fighter is stalling. Um, or they're not they're not being active at all. So and who decides or who determines if they they think the fighter is stalling or not? The ref. So the ref will, will go ahead and if, if if he thinks that a fighter is stalling or not being active, um, you know maybe he's just kind of holding somebody waiting until the ref stands him up. You know yeah you can do that a couple of times, but if if he if he believes that you're just doing that on purpose because you you got no answer for whatever's happening, then he can give you a yellow card. And that yellow card will penalize your purse at the end of the fight. So it'll take a percentage of, um, from um, whatever your purse was uh, away for, for stalling. Uh, yeah, I want to say – Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I want to say – so I remember uh, – so what would happen was if a, if a ref thought that a fighter or fighters were stalling, he would instantly step in, separate yeah. them, pull out a yellow card just like a, ju just like a ref in soccer – yeah. And show it to the fighter and put it in and his face and tell him, hey, you just got a yellow card. You just lost 10% of your check. You, right. If you if I give you another one, now it's going to be a red card. And what's a red card? 
So a red card would be a point deduction, is my understanding, right? You get I, a point deduction from I the think score. so. I think so. Yeah. But also, it also meant 20% of your 20%, check just right. is gone. Yeah. 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 So the only thing that I didn't like was that it kind of just felt like it was up to the ju- to the ref whenever he wanted to issue those. Because I want to yeah. say, like, one time – Rampage got a yellow card for something, yeah. and he was being aggressive. And he was like, "I was like, oh, dude, that's fucked up. He just yeah. lost like ten grand, easy." Yeah. yeah. No, and, and you know what? The funny thing is that John McCarthy brought that same point in that same interview. Because they gave they gave freaking a yellow card to Rampage, you know. And Rampage is one of those dudes, never boring, right? He's always working. Now, dude, um, back in the day, Rampage, one of my all time, yeah, all time totally. favorite fighters. Along with Buffer. Yeah, no, dude, no way. He will he will slam he you were guaranteed to see one to three slams a fight yeah. back in the day with early rampage. Yeah. Before Vanderlei put him to sleep through the ropes. Dude, that shit was crazy. I, I, that was a freaking jaw dropping moment. I don't want to talk about it. That's like if watching the Titanic and your friend was in it. That's how it felt. <laughs> I felt like <laughs> yeah, it was just a hopeless feeling. It was awful, but we'll save that for another episode. We'll save that sure. for another. We'll, we'll have to talk about that one more specifically later. For sure, for sure. Sounds like we need so, some therapy there, Frank. Oh, definitely, definitely, dude. Traumatizing. I was a gigant. I'm a super gigantic Quentin Rampage fan, man. Love that guy. Come on. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> So back to uh, shut up, Eddie Bravo. So back, back who to uh, that guy. Yeah, who invited him? Uh, back to what we're talking about with John McCarthy. So he brought up that counterpoint, right? Like, yeah, you can, you know, it depends on the judge. Just like you have good judges, you have bad judges, right? You yeah. have. A, so yeah, you're. It's kind of at the mercy of the judges, but I think for the most part, it, it kind of gave it a little bit of an element, like. You have to work, right? You can't just you just can't lay around. So I personally like that system. I think um, that's a great idea. I think yeah. that is a great idea. Yeah. The other thing though that I brought up about the open scoring though that I do want to, that I wanted to point out was that he said also that um, you can have open scoring, but you can choose who gets to see that scoring, dude. Like for example, like do the judges get to see it? Do the do, like does a fighter get to see that? Does do the audience members get to see that? Does does a um, the people in attendance right at, at the, the arena get to see that? Like who gets to see that score? Because well, like I or go ahead. Because what he's saying, he goes, there's implications for everybody who gets to see it. You know what he said is, for example, like if the arena people get to see it, the people in attendance, if they don't agree with your scorecards and everybody's like gung ho, like they love, there's like a local fighter who they freaking love and shit. And the judges are having below on a scorecard. They're gonna turn on the judges, start throwing shit at the judges. Like he goes, "You think it might? It won't happen, but it will." Yeah. And I can totally see that happening with certain crowds, yeah, right? Most definitely. I think yeah. what what they should do is they should only show their scorecards to the people that it matters to. The audience, like, listen, like one of the things about fighting is it's totally in the air. Yeah. Up until when that guy reads the decision. So leave it like that. We're as an we're in the audience. That's part of the show, man. That's part of the ride. Sit the fuck, sit down, shut the fuck up, and let them figure out who wins, and let them tell us who wins at the end. The only people that need to know what the score is as it's going should be the corners. That's it. Not even the announcers, because then the announcers are gonna say shit, or you know what I mean. But maybe they could. They could add that to it if they want, because then they're just gonna say. To the people at home, and what are we gonna do? I don't know. Maybe you can tweet people or text people that are at the fights, and then they yeah, can but yeah, shit. yeah. So yeah. maybe not. Maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe keep it only to the ref. The ref gets it, and then the ref has to go in to each corner and say, "Hey, this is what you know." Or yeah. or maybe the ref, or maybe the ref and the head coach of each corner wears a certain an earpiece, and yeah, like, as soon as cool. as soon as the cards get put in they get yeah. put in electronically or maybe even a pager we can go back to a pager and they get a text and it says the score so that yeah. way there's no yeah. there's no audio involved you know and that could work and here's the thing um 
if you if you let the the head coaches know, then they can tell the fighter. They, it's their choice of whether or not they can they, they want to tell the fighter, right? Exactly. exactly. So if they, if they if they see that their fighter is going to be motivated by knowing that they're if they're losing on the scorecards, then they're going to tell them. Or if they're going to be feel motivated because they're winning, they're, they're going to fight harder. Then they know their fighter more than anybody else, right? So yeah. they can choose whether or not to tell them the score. All right, let's go ahead and move on and start talking about our top five worst MMA decisions. And we're keeping it to five, but I know there's way more than this because lately it just seems like almost every card, there's a bad decision. Yes or no? Tons, man. Always. Last, yep. last card, UFC 251. What was the bad decision? Max Holloway, Holloway Volkanovski. Can we agree? Yep. Okay. Agree, uh, okay. I'm sure if we looked, I don't remember UFC 250, but I bet you if we looked at it, I bet you there was something. It, it there's something on almost every single card. So uh, do you want to kick it off, Fonz? You want to start off with with what we got? What would be our first, our number five worst decision? And and wow. we didn't really, really, I don't think we ranked these like, oh, this one's worse than this. Yeah. I, I just said pick five. And I didn't even pick five. I just picked like two or three. But I, yeah. I would imagine that together we could come up, come up with a list of at least five. I agree. And uh, yeah, I mean, well, let's just start with the most recent one. Let's start with Holly Wokonowski. Okay. And so what? Why would do you think it was a bad decision? Just because, man. Like I, you know what? It just so Wokonowski. Wokonowski huh? won, right? Yeah. Yeah. Volkanovski yeah. won. A lot of people thought Max won, including myself. I thought he yeah. did. I thought Max won round one. Yeah. I thought Max won round two. And we talked about this on episode three, I want to say. Last yeah. episode, no? Oh, no, yeah. no. Episode two. Episode we talked two. about this on episode two where, you know, we gave reasons why we thought Max won the fight. But for whatever reason, at the end, he didn't get the decision. Yeah, totally. And – the thing is that, like, you know, like Holloway did so much more. You know, I went back and, and watched it again. And, like, if you look if you look at what what Holloway was doing in this fight, like, he was fighting so much smarter. Like, it just, you know, like, he, he was he was actually moving. He was cutting corners. You know, he was trying to he was trying to, like, get these angles at any time Volkanovski would come forward. He would like move side to side. Um, and, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that, you know, that somebody who who understands the striking game, you know, can, can appreciate. Right. Like that that in itself, like being able to to um, cut a corner and like tag your opponent as he's coming in is is, is, is it's a beautiful thing to watch. And that's something that I think should also be considered in the scorecards, right? Because it's not just like a strike, but it's also the way the strike. Kind of like if, if you go back, if you we were talking about jujitsu, right, or, or grappling, you have um, you have certain submissions. Like to get from one from one position to another, depending on how you do it, you can score more or less points, right? Right, right. You know what I'm saying, like. Uh, for example, going from like somebody's guard to taking somebody's back is different from going from mount to taking somebody's back, right? Like the transitions that or, you go through. Yeah, they're different with? steps. Yeah, di- no, you're right. They're different steps. You know, it's it's just like, are, it would is driving to San Francisco the same thing as driving to LA? No, they're different routes, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, so that's my point here, right? Like, so what Holloway was doing wasn't just that he was outstriking Volkanovski in my eyes, but also the way he was outstriking him was was more impressive. Yeah, 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 man. I mean, there's levels to the game, you know. There's right. levels. Right. And uh, I so, I can't even I couldn't even understand what was going on, but I knew there was something going on. Right. You know. And obviously he made adjustments from the first fight to the second fight, and I thought those adjustments were enough for him to win the fight. You know, like I said, I, we I gave agree. I gave him round one, I yep. gave him round two, round three. I think he kind of took it off, so I would have given it to Volkanovski. I think I would have given round four to Volkanovski also, uh, but round five I th- I would have given it to Max. You know, so three rounds to two, he should have won. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, you know, I was, I was, I was um, telling you that I was, I was looking at the stats that are published by the UFC here. And it's interesting, though, because they like round one and two, they, they have uh, Holloway um, outstriking Mokonoski. But three, four, and five, they were all close, but they edged. They gave the edge over to Volkanovski. So if you're looking at the at, uh, at the published scorecards or the the, score, the scoring from the UFC, the official one, Volkanovski wins. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, round one, um, 19 out of 39 strikes for Volkanovski to 19 out of 47 for Holloway. Total strikes. This is actually no; these are significant strikes. And then round two, 22 out of 47 for Volkanovski, 21 out of 52 for Holloway. So he out um, one more significant strike for for Volkanovski, but he landed a higher percentage, right? For right. Holloway, yeah. So and then so and it goes on like that: 25 out of 52 for Volkanovski, round three; 15 out of 47 for Holloway. 34 out of 63, round four for Volkanovski, 24 out of 61 for Holloway, 37 out of 50, uh, 71 for round five for Volkanovski, and 23 out of 61 for Holloway. So if you look at the scorecard here, yeah, Volkanovski won. But it didn't look like it like like that in while you were watching the fight. Definitely not. Definitely not. So that, you know, and, that, so, and that's why we kind of feel that, you know, they got it wrong, at yeah. least in this second one, because, you know, like you look at it on paper now, why should there even be a third match if Max lost the first two already? Right. Like, that's crazy, you know? And I, and, I, and then this goes back to what we were saying earlier. I think what it's what's ignoring is, is just the fact of the damage as well, because the the, the I mean, strike, landing certain strikes, they can be significant if they land flush, but they it doesn't mean that they did any damage. Right. You can you can walk through a jab and not and not like get phased. It's just like okay, I you got me with one jab, then I come back with a right. You know what I'm saying? And that right did more damage in, than your jab. Yeah, you know it's almost saying? like point karate at that at that. Yeah. Point, so I mean, I like can see, I can see why it mat. I, I can see why like in terms of scoring it like point for point, like you know it just it, it doesn't. I don't think I don't think it makes sense to score like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, let's go ahead and move on. So five, Max versus Volkanovski two, worst decision. Uh, how about number four? What would you put at number four? Oh, man, it's hard to rank. Let's just talk about uh, you want to do Gus and Jones, the first fight, their first fight? Let's do it. Go. Throw it in. Well, so Gus versus Jones one happened a while ago, right? It was a while um, ago. But jo- Jones ended up winning. Yeah. And I thought Gus won. You know, I don't remember the rounds that I gave to Gus's son, but I thought I thought he did more damage. I thought he had he controlled more of the fight. I thought he was being more aggressive. I thought he had more takedowns. I thought dude. like you know what I mean? He, yeah. Dude, he fucking put it on Jones. Up until that point, nobody had done anything remotely close to what he did to John Jones. At the end of that fight, John Jones looked like he had gotten into a fucking fight. He was busted up, man. He and was I just, up. I just watched this again uh, yesterday. I just watched it last night, right? And um, I'm gonna tell you this, dude. Like when I when I was watching that fight, and I, and, you know, I think we were watching it at Hung's house. I think we were over there, and it was all of us. It was a bunch of us watching it that that day. And I remember I was I was um, I was I was going for Jones. I remember that because Hung didn't want to come down from the roof because Gustafson lost. Yeah, I was, I was like, fool, you got to come down. It's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was pissed, too. I mean, I was happy. I was happy that that fucking uh, that Jones that Jones won. Everybody, you know, at that time, dude, I, I, I like Jones was my boy. Like, I remember, like, um, you know, watching watching all of his fights and just like always rooting for him. You know, it was just like. So when he won, that was before he crashed into the pregnant lady, right? Yeah, that was way before that. Yeah, that was way before that. All right, just checking, just checking. Yeah, no. 
so anyways, so when I watched the fight, I was like, yeah, nah, nah, you know, Jones won, Jones, Jones won, you know, and I remember saying, if you want to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, you know, that, that whole saying or whatever. That's fucking stupid, Alfonso. Yeah, no, I changed my mind on that. I don't, I don't <laughs> think that, that should be accurate. I'm, I'm glad you pulled your head out of your booty on that one. Totally did. You totally grew up. Did. That's what happens yeah, as yeah. you get older, you get yeah. wiser. Good call, yeah. my friend. Good call. Yeah. Uh, so rewatching this fight, man, I gave uh, like I, I scored it all over. So I gave the first round to Gustafson. Um, you know, yeah, he was just tagging him like it was clear, man. Like you got you got these strikes. Jones was like leg kicking. He does, you know, he does those oblique kicks. Dude, I hate those, man. Yeah, I hate those. He does those leg kicks. So he was getting in with those, but you know, I mean. Those do damage, obviously, but I felt like the boxing was a lot more um, technical for Gustafson because he was tagging him with with um, with like combos, like one, two, one, two, three, you know, and, and Jones was just like one, like one punch, like one punch yeah. hit, like, you know, one like. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't I, I don't think Jones did enough to win that that first round. The second round was hard, man, because the first half of the round. Um, Gustafson knocks Jones down by grabbing his leg. He grabbed his leg and he just took him down, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if that counts as a takedown or a knockdown. That's a, that's a takedown, my friend. Yeah. Takedown. So, so yeah, he took him down. And then second half, though, uh, second half of the, the second round, um, like Jones just turned it up and he started uh, wailing on, on Gustafson. So it was kind of an even round, I, I believe. So I, I, I don't know where I – I mean, I would probably call that one a tie maybe. Yeah. Third round, Gustafson for sure. Uh, combos, you know, just again, same same strategy as one, but he had better exchanges. Like he just Gustafson had better exchanges than than Jones, you know. Um, and then the third round, I mean, sorry, fourth round. That was the third round. The fourth round, um, I gave that one to Jones. That one was totally Jones's round in the second half of that round. Uh, big shots, freaking, you know, like. Just just Jones, like, just turned it up. And you can tell that uh, Gustafson was getting tired. He was, you know, he was just kind of slowing down, especially because all those oblique kicks, he wasn't moving as, as good. So that was definitely Jones's round. The fifth round is, I believe, they both went at it. It was a great fight at this point. Gustafson was clearly tired, but he was still throwing. And I, and I narrowly give him the fifth round. Yeah. So by my scorecards, Gustafson won three rounds. Jones maybe got two. Yeah, that's what I would. That's what yeah. I remember from yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So and, and in that case, like I mean, I don't know what were the judges looking at. Maybe just Jones was a champion, so it's like you know what, you got to be more definite. But again, man, like I don't think that's that's cool because it's like you have to judge each fight for what it is each round for what it is each round yeah because yeah. each round every every round is different from the next and yeah, within, no matter within a fight yeah 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 you know yeah good point um, yeah so that that was that was my my beef with that okay uh, how about um what would you moving on from that fight um i would want to throw in hendrix versus gsp1 oh, did yeah. you look at that did you watch that I, I watched – I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched, like, uh, major highlights of mm -hmm. each of the rounds, though. I, I don't remember. I remember it was a five-round fight, championship fight. But I remember Johnny Hendricks – I thought Johnny Hendricks went one, three of the five rounds. Yeah. And uh, GSP ended up winning that fight. Why? I kind of felt the same thing that – the same reason that GSP won this fight was the same reason that John Jones won that fight. And yeah. a lot of judges have yeah. that thought in their mind where, oh, you got to beat the champ. And no, you don't have to beat the champ. You just got to win the round. And if you win enough rounds, you win the fight. Yeah. And and I kind of feel like they just gifted that one to GSP. Yeah. And, and, so. and just like, it, you know, and they, they rematched. And to GSP's credit, he fucking demolished Johnny Hendricks in, this, in the rematch. Just like. John Jones demolished Gustafson in the rematch as well. Oh, man. He, fucked he totally him. fucked him up. Did he finish him in the first round or the second round? Oh, I, I got to go look that one up. I, I felt I so bad. I, I felt so I bad. I think he was the second round. I think, I think it was the second. But he fucked him up in the first. He barely made it out of the first, I want to say. And then in the second, he just 
drug him back into the, you know, it's like a fucking saltwater crocodile pulling a gazelle into the waters, you know, it's just like, no, dude. It was round, round three, dude. Really? Oh, then he was fucking, he was just fucking him up, dude. Just yeah. He, yeah. Damage on damage on damage. Wasn't even a competition. It was round three, uh, um, two, two minutes, two seconds. Yeah. Into round three. Yeah. I, re- I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going so, back to Hendrix versus GSP after. So Johnny lost this, this the first one, you know, and yeah. then he lost the second one. And then that was like the beginning of the end for Johnny Hendrix. Yeah. He, he, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him, but he just never fully recovered. You know, you could say some people could say that it was this fight that, you know, changed his mindset maybe and he just couldn't come back. And then some people say that. It was the introduction of USADA to the UFC that turned his career around. But who knows? He was well, definitely dude, a different yeah. fighter after this. Because no because G- GSP went on went on Joe Rogan, and he kind of refused to flat out call uh, say that he was he was doping. But he he said you know he goes what he said he goes I don't have proof but you know he goes I have no proof but and he just you know he kind of implied that you know he was juicing. That he was juicing or that Hendrix was no, juicing? No, Hendrix was juicing. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people were saying that, you know. Yeah. And well, he, we, don't have, we, we don't have proof, but who knows? Yeah. Um, moving on um, from that, what, yeah. what, do you, what would you throw into the, into the list here at number two? Um, or just moving on, next fight. Next fight. Um, what about I have some, Bisping I have, Go Okay, go with that. Because I also saw uh, – I took a look at Bleacher Report's top ten most controversial uh, oh, MMA decisions, okay. and that that one was on there. You know, Matt Hamill versus um, who'd you say? Uh, Bisping, Michael Bisping. Hamill, Hamill and Bisping. Yeah. So uh, go ahead, and what do you remember about that? You know, I want to say Bisping was coming off of the ultimate, winning the Ultimate Fighter, or or no, he didn't. He lost, right? He he lost. Yeah. Because. Because Matt Hamill had won that season. Yeah, so this was a rematch. Okay, because this was was it the final? I I don't know if it was the final, but this is this was like he um, uh, Michael Bisping wanted wanted to put that 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 other fight like away. He wanted like to to address that shit. He he wanted to just, like erase that. He goes, no, this is you know. So even when he won that fight, that that second fight. He even he said he's like yeah now you know that this is I'm for real yeah 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 but I'm like and I'm like I mean I, I finished watching the fight I was like no nah, man like no nah, that's not that's not right I don't understand so that one I don't know because he wasn't the champ right yeah so I don't understand how I kind of felt I re- I remember that I kind of felt like Biz being won because at that time the UFC was trying to establish a viewership in the UK and what better way to do that than to have someone from the UK be a really good ass fighter, which eventually Bisping did turn into to credit, yeah. you know, he turned into a badass motherfucker. Oh, Middleweight yeah. world champ, dude. He yeah. was a stud. But at this time he was just coming up and I felt that he did lose this fight to Matt Hamill. I don't know why they they give they gave him the decision, but he did. You know, and I actually have a super cool uh, Michael Bisbing story that I want to share if you don't. Go mind. ahead. All right. Go so ahead. I heard I heard Bisbing share this uh, on his podcast. I think the podcast is called Hey, What Say You? I don't know. Anyways, so uh, back in the day when Bisbing was just coming up, you know, he was fighting, uh, but to supplement his income, he was a club dj like a like a, yeah like an electronica fucking raver dj and he was he said that he would dj like he had a set that started like at one o'clock in the morning and then like another one at like three o'clock in the morning and then like another one at, so he would be at the club like all fucking night long shit and one night you know, he had finished the set and someone stole his box of records. What? And so he's like, hey, I got to fucking, you know what I mean? Fucking MMA fighter loses something. You know, he's going <laughs> to go fuck some shit up. So he's uh-huh. going through the club. He's in the parking lot. 
and he's asking people if they've seen anything. Finally, there's this fucking guy leaning up against the car, and he's fucking smoking a joint. Damn. And he's like, and Bisbean comes up to him, and Bisbean's like, hey, mate, somebody stole my records. Have you seen anything? And the guy's like, being fucking super cool, nonchalant. And he takes a drag of the joint, and he's like, nah, mate. Nothing to see here. <laughs> I ain't seen shit. And Bisbean, and Bisbean's like, up until this point, everyone in the parking lot, Bisbean has been punking them and making them open the trunk so that he can see that they don't have his records. So Bisbean is like, I'm not fucking taking that shit. You know, I'm not taking his word for that. Hey, open the boot. So I guess that means the trunk. Oh, open right. the boot. And the guy's like, I can't do that, mate. <laughs> takes, a, takes another drag. And he's like, Bisbeing is like, no, you're going to fucking open it or I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of you. You know, in so many words. And the guy's like, all right, man. But when I open it, you can't say anything. <laughs> and Bisney's like, look, man, all I want is my motherfucking records. I don't give a fuck what you have in the fucking trunk. So the guy's like, all right. Pops the trunk open. There's a fucking dude duct taped in the back of the trunk. And Bisney's like, those are not my records. All right. What? Kachuk closes the <laughs> trunk and goes back into the club. What? Yeah, dude. Crazy story. Crazy, crazy story. I thought it was crazy. <laughs> right. That was crazy. Yeah. Right, Eddie Bravo? <laughs> That's right, man. He, he agrees with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great story. That made me love Michael Bisbee even more. Damn. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Gangster. Gangster. Can you imagine looking at his face, though? That dude opens up the trunk. Damn, I don't know. What what would you think if you were trying to if you were Michael Bisbee at that time? What what would you think if you saw that? Those are not my records. All right, <laughs> you have a good day, sir. Or he checks out. Peace. Oh, he already threw one guy in the trunk. He ain't gonna have a problem throwing another fool in the trunk. I gotta get up out of there, and I'll call backup, homie. No, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I gotta know more of these details. I don't know. Does you know, obviously, maybe, maybe the judges knew that story and that's why they gave him the fight. Could be, could be. He was a time traveler from the future and they already knew. Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, to round out our top five worst decisions of all time, I, I'm hoping maybe you had this on your list, but uh, I put down Demetrius Johnson versus Ian McCall. You know what? I, I, I gotta say, no, this was not. And to be honest, this is not one I remember. Uh, I don't know if I was just drunk when I was watching this and I just blacked it out. But I'm going to let you tell me. Tell me what's up. What was going right. on? This so one? this was I want to say this was the introduction to the flyweight division in the UFC. So they started up this like four man tournament. And I don't remember who was on the other side. It might have been Joe Benavides and somebody else. Of the bracket, but on the other side, it was Ian, Ian, Uncle Creepy McCall versus Demetrius Johnson. And uh, a lot of people who were in the know were really looking forward to this, you know, because honestly, I was hoping that these two guys would have been on opposite sides of the bracket and then met in the finals. Um, but it didn't work out that way. And uh, Demetrius Johnson ended up getting the decision. Um, but I thought that Ian McCall won. You know, going into the fifth round, it was tied two rounds apiece. Uh, the fourth round had gone to Ian McCall. He had kind of started to turn it up. And, dude, nobody, nobody, not even, not even fucking Henry Cejudo put it on Demetrius Johnson that, like Ian McCall. Ian McCall was fucking up Demetrius Johnson in round four and five. And so... Heading into round five, it I thought it was two to two, and 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 I thought E. McCall decisively won round five. 
taking him down, controlling him, doing damage, advancing positions, you know, making it very, very difficult for Demetrius to stay on the uh, to stay in a safe position. Uh, but the the judges didn't see that, and they ended up giving it to me to Demetrius. And what was fucked up was they they read the cards wrong because originally they gave the decision to Demetrius. But after the fight was over, they looked at the cards, and it should have been a draw. It it was tied, and so because how, this how long, was, how long how long be, be between when they when they called it and then they realized the mistake? I, I think the, like the show was already over. Like oh, it, was shit. Done. it was like done done. So wait, like, so, Bruce Buffer so, fucked that one up, or what happened? What's that? Did Bruce Buffer fuck that one up? No, no, no. I think they whoever counts. Whoever counted the judges' scorecards counted it wrong. And ah. so, yeah, and so so then they gave that decision to a buffer, and then that's what he read. You know what I mean? And yeah. so what should have happened because ah, – That's what was Steve Harvey. Ooh. Imagine dude, that shit. Cold game. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner Harvey, is what Ms. Well up. Bitch, she wasn't even fighting. Bitch, she wasn't even here. <laughs> No, no. So because because this was a flyweight tournament, it was already agreed upon before this that if for whatever reason the fight was judged as a draw, then they should have gone into an extra overtime round six. And whoever would have won that round would have won the fight. And it probably would have been McCall because he had he was already. Dude. Demetrius did it was out of gas. He ran out of gas or whatever, or Ian McCall figured him out, but he was fucking him up round four, fucking him up round five. Probably would have continued into round six. And and sadly, after this, like this was the end of McCall, you know? He never really developed into what a lot of people, including myself, thought he was gonna be. I thought he was gonna be a dominant force in the UFC for a long time. But after this, you know, he had uh, some injuries and and a lot of he was dealing with a lot of different things so he never never quite reached his potential i i feel you know right but he's a great great fighter man love watching him fight so uh, that brings me to a question i, I want to get your thoughts on it so you said that in this case ema call was uh was was taking advantage of the last two rounds working um and just just dominating uh demetrius johnson right so right. Dude, like, do you believe or do you think it would be a good idea that the last two rounds should be worth more than the first two, three rounds? No. You no. know what I'm saying, though? No, I don't think so. Because, I mean, look at football, look at baseball, look at basketball. Are points worth more in the last quarter? No, dude, it don't matter. It's the same. It, it should be the same throughout. Oh, what because saying, okay. because then what you're going to end up happening is people are going to wait till the last round, just like ADCC. You know what I mean? In ADCC, the first five minutes, it's submission only. There's no points. And some people, they don't even go for submissions. Because they know that in the next five minutes, it's going to be points awarded, and now I can get points for sweeps or for passing guard. So right now, I'm well, not even going to waste my energy. You're not wasting your energy into exactly. a lot. Exactly. Exactly. I don't like that. I don't think that's good. It should be all the time. If you're going to give points at the end, give them at the beginning. If you're going to give the same amount of points at the beginning, give the same amount of points at the end. Yeah, I, you know what? I didn't think about that. My uh, my thought process for the, the reason why you know I thought maybe that later rounds would be would uh, be scored um, at a higher point system than the first three rounds is that you know like when 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 you're like if you if you make it past the first three rounds, right? Like you you've you've kind of weathered storm. You you've You've kind of gone past this past this point, uh, and then at this point, you're kind of really like you're challenged, right? Because if you, for example, if you're fighting somebody who is just like, you know, like just explosive and it just it's just you know coming at you, whatever, and you and you stand your ground, you have a game plan, and you're just like trying to like pick your shots, you know, you're trying not to get hurt, you know, you, this and that. Um, 
you know you can't you can't knock this person out. You're not you know you don't have that power, but you're able to weather the storm for the first three rounds, and then you turn it up fourth and fifth rounds. You know what I'm saying? You won two rounds, right? Like let's just pretend that you win two rounds. That's not enough to win you the fight if it goes all the all, all the way to the distance, right? But for me, I'm thinking like, dude, you, look at what you did, right? You took right. these shots. You fought a fucking great fight. And then you put your strategy to use. You couldn't get the knockout, obviously, because you maybe you don't have that kind of power. But in, in all reality, you know, think about like, you know, think about like, I don't know, locker room fights. Right. Let's just say you're getting fucked up in the beginning and then you turn it up and you start wailing. The fucking the, the teacher comes in, separates you. Who are your friends going to say that won't really won the fight? Well, Ooh, you, you know. You, Enough. You know whoever did the most damage right. in the high school fight. And that's, that's how all fights should be judged. Who did the most damage? And we're going to decide at the end of the fight who won the fight. So instead of rounds, that would be probably the best thing. Just just overall. Overall. Right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. That. Yeah. Well, let's put it. Call in, call in Uncle Dana, man. Call him up right now. Call that, call that fool up. Tell him he's got to listen to this podcast. What's it called again, Frank? Jujateros, coast to coast. Yeah. Dude, do you know that me and Eddie met Dana White like uh, right ahead, ahead of like UFC 51, maybe? Was that when he was trying to sign you? No, that was another time. Oh, okay. But at this time, what had happened was me and Eddie and some other people went to Vegas. But me and Eddie wanted to get there in time so that we can go to the weigh-ins on Friday. But we got there late, and me and Eddie were like – we were just like, dude, me and Eddie were pissed because we didn't make it on time. And by the time we got to the MGM, everybody was gone, dude. Like as a matter of fact, we like – we had just missed it. Like everybody was walking out. And as we were walking to where they had the weigh-ins, Dan Henderson was walking out, and he had what? came with we with we forgot who we don't remember, I don't remember who, but at that time Dan Henderson was still fighting in Pride, and so we missed it. And I was just like, oh man, we missed it, you know. Um, but you know what? Let's just go see what was down there. Let's just go see what they were doing. And so, dude, we walked all the way into the arena. And they were putting the cage up. Like, the cage was already up. And they were just, like, putting lights up and shit. But, dude, we walked in. And I'm not going to say we walked in acting like we were like we belonged. But we acted like we knew what we were doing. And we walked all the way to the cage and walked onto the outside of the cage. Dude, is that is that when you took that picture of Eddie oh. standing on the cage? Oh, yes. Yes. That's the famous pick. Do you want to tell the audience what that famous pick is all we about? Should, we, maybe we could save that for another one. I'll tease that. I'll leave that for another later future episode, which is a great, all right. to a be great, continued. a great story. But uh, we we did take picks on the not inside the cage, but on the outside of the cage, and then uh, we walked around the cage. And as we were walking out, dude, we fucking ran into Dana White. What did he say? Dude, he started talking to us. Yeah, it was fucking crazy, dude. It's it was amazing, you know. But he's he's such a cool motherfucker, man. Dude, at this time, pride was still going on, and he's like, "Hey, what's what's going on, dude? Hey, you know what I'm?" And he, dude, he started telling us what he was working on. He's like, "Hey, dude," he's like, "I'm trying to get Vanderlei over here," and I'm like, "If you could, dude, we were like jizzing in our pants." We were like, if you could do, dude, what we should have done was we should have been like, Dana, give us a job. Yeah. We were still in college, dude. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. who knows? But you super cool experience. For all of us, Frank. Super cool experience. I know, dude. We could all have been working for the <laughs> UFC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I could have been wearing those ladder suits inside the fucking ring. What are you talking dude, about? You could Move been... over, Bruce Buffer. Ah, uh, dude. Holofoil. <laughs> Chinese shark skin suit. Hell no. Dude, I'd be wearing wearing Chalino shit. Alligator. Oh, ostrich skin boots in the cage? 
Dude, oh. I'll be wearing one of those fucking boots that are hella pointy all the way up to my knee. Oh, dude, I like you. I like you. I yeah. like your style. I like yeah. it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think that's a good point to end on. Well, that's today's show. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on IG at Jujiteros C2C. That's Jujiteros C2C. J I U J I T E R I O S. C2C. We will be launching, going live soon, so hang in there. Uh, in the meantime, go ahead and follow us again, like I said, on IG and say hello or ask us a question or uh, let us know what you want to hear, what you might want to hear on future episodes, all right? Uh, I want to thank Alfonso for joining me on today's episode. Anything you want to add, dude? Oh, just thanks for having me, Frank. Everybody out there, stay awesome. We'll see you next time. For sure, for sure. Thank you guys for listening. Take care. Be safe. Keep rolling and training if you can out there. And we hope to hear from you soon. Peace. person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there, and the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen. But we won't get there without you. Visit ALZ.org to join the fight.